Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Most Holy Name of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Welcome to another edition of Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Father James Gross joining you here today from our studio in the Grand Cities in the Upper Red River Valley and joined, as always, by my uh, wingman, Father Jason Leffer. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Father Gross. No, I don't know. You went too far when you said, as always. Cause right. It's not always. Sometimes next, next month, unfortunately, I won't be able to sit on your right side here. Once so. in a while, each of us has to has to bat solo, but that's that's the way it goes in the busy lives of pastors, right? Well, let's go ahead and get started uh, with uh, with an opening prayer, if you would, please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. God, our Father in heaven, we invoke your holy name this morning. We ask you to send your spirit, the Lord and giver of life, into our hearts, into our minds, into our memories, into our imaginations, our very being. May we be a font of life giving grace flowing up and bubbling out of us as we hear and receive your word this morning and we ask all of this through christ our lord amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen we have a great show coming up for you and so to preview some of the things that we'll be working on the next couple of hours let's turn things over to eli today in command central Alrighty, thanks father here's what's coming up on this morning's real presence live there's a special gravesite for babies who have been aborted in jamestown and the story of how they got there is incredible deacon tom geffrey will share this story as he previews an upcoming special service for the aborted babies as part of a national day of remembrance for aborted children then it's a hot button issue that's even drawing the attention of our local bishops gun violence one of them bishop john quinn of the diocese of winona rochester will share what he thinks needs to be done said and done about this growing problem during our segment and there's a very special celebration happening in the diocese of fargo this year what is that celebration and how is deacon ken involved he'll share those two answers during our show all this and a whole lot more coming up this morning on real presence live father Thank you very much, Eli. We'll be looking forward to visiting with you more later on in the morning. First of all, let's go ahead and turn our attention to uh, Jamestown, a city within the Diocese of Fargo, and we are privileged to have with us one of our wonderful permanent deacons, Deacon Tom Geffrey, joining us by phone. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning. Good morning to all the listeners. It's great to have you with us today. Before we get into the topic at hand, if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the uh, ministry that you're currently involved in. Yeah, okay. I'm originally from Napoleon, North Dakota. Way to go. <laughs> go Imperials. Okay, uh, please continue. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, my wife and I have eight children, um, 20, 28 grandchildren. Uh, two great grandchildren. Actually, I'm an educator by trade. And, uh, great grandchildren already. Is could that be possible, yeah. Deacon? I I know I know it's hard <laughs> to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, so after 40 years of teaching, I retired and actually uh, became a chaplain at a Catholic nursing home here in Jamestown. 
um, where we reside now. I, I retired from that in 15, and now working through the church, uh, doing RCAA programs, <clears throat> and helping out there wherever I can. <clears throat> and uh, I also came out of retirement for a third time, and I'm now the band director at uh, St. John's Academy, our Catholic church in, in Jamestown, our Catholic school, I should say. Now, Deacon Geffrey, this is Father Leffert here. The, you know, we're later in the program, we'll be talking about the 40th anniversary for the Diocese of Fargo for the permanent diaconate. What, um, what is your glorious date of ordination? Where along in those 40 years did were you able to come into the permanent diaconate? Yeah, I was ordained in 2004, in May of 2000, May 17th, I think, is the day, 2004. So, oh, about 15 years. 15 years already. And, and how, how many men were in your class? We had seven that were ordained at that time. Very good, very good. Excellent. Now, we have a, a topic, a special topic that we uh, are, have brought you on the air to visit with us about this morning, uh, a special gravesite for babies who have been aborted. Um, tell us about this uh, special gravesite and the story that uh, goes behind it. Well, uh, this is really a fascinating story. Um, in 1988, there was a group of people that found 143 aborted babies in a dumpster. Um, the location of that, that dumpster is, is somewhat in question. As I've heard three different places, uh, either from Michigan or Illinois or Wisconsin. Um, I can't, I'm not able to find the, the true source. But my guess is that they're probably from Michigan because that's where Bishop Sullivan was from, and he was a part of the... Uh, burial service. Now, these 143 aborted babies were brought to North Dakota and were, were divided into three groups. One group went to uh, Grand Forks, one group went to uh, Fargo, and one group went to Jamestown. And the reason they went to these three places, because at that time, they had those three cities had abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grand, Grand Forks and Jamestown have, of course, closed since then, and we just have the Fargo one. Um, but with these uh, aborted babies, uh, Bishop Sullivan <clears throat> uh, was very adamant that they have a, a proper burial. These are human beings, after all. They needed to be treated. We need to treat them with the same respect that we would anybody that has died. And he asked if Jamestown would be willing to uh, sponsor a grave, which they did, collected some money from the parishioners and uh, not only parishioners, but some non-Catholics as well. And we now have that gravesite out at the cemetery, which was dedicated on October 2nd in 1988. And is that located in the uh, Catholic Cemetery, Calvary, uh, there in Jamestown? Yes, Calvary Cemetery. Yeah, um, its exact location is just behind uh, the, there's a shed on the grounds that uh, houses, uh, some equipment, etc. It's uh, just to the south of that building, right inside the gate. Okay. Now, Deacon, yes. you know, I, you know, I noticed in the, in the telling of the story that you mentioned about how the, the former uh, abortuaries in Grand Forks and Jamestown. Do you? I mean, are are you kind of linking that maybe there's a connection between you know showing mercy and so forth, and and just you know bringing an end to that that plight in those two cities? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. 
Uh, I can't help but feel that it had a great impact. Uh, I, I don't remember when the Jamestown Clinic closed, but it wasn't too long after that. Yeah, if memory serves, it was right around that time in the end of the 1980s. Uh, I was a high schooler around that time, uh, growing up in Napoleon, and I, I do believe I remember hearing about that at that point. So we are visiting with Deacon Tom Geffrey, uh, who with his uh, lovely bride Mary lives in Jamestown, North Dakota, and helps out at the Basilica of St. James for the Diocese of Fargo. Yeah. So, um, what's, what does it mean for you personally um, as you minister there in Jamestown and to have um, this incredible story, but to physically have the gravesite there in, in Jamestown? What does that mean for you personally in, in as you minister? Uh, I, I feel very odd that we have it here. Uh, and to a certain extent, very blessed. Uh, every time I go out to the cemetery, you can't help but drive by the, the gravesite and it just gets me thinking um, in a very sad way that all these children that are buried here uh, that could have been, you know, be a part of society and, and a part of our lives. Uh, it's a sad scenario. Um, but I also know that, you know, we've got those 40-some, well, actually 140-some souls in heaven that are praying not only to end this, this Holocaust, but also praying for us as we continue to uh, fight the battle of, of, of pro-life. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, yourself and Father Gross and myself, we all had, um, an, you know, powerful connection with uh, Bishop Sullivan and, you know, his, his incredible witness to the pro-life cause and, and so forth. But you already mentioned how how strongly he felt about that they they need to be treated with the dignity of human persons and so forth. What what, what Deacon was this say about our Christian faith that we would you know we we do such things like this where we you know we reach into the deepest darkest places and we want to shed light and and faith and hope and salvation on these situations. What what, what does that say about the dignity of life as Christians? Um, well, the yeah, that's an awesome love that God has for us, um, no matter what it is that we've done. Um, you know, God's forgiveness is there, and uh, we need to, you know, and I need to continue to pray for the, the mothers of these children. Uh, we need to continue to pray for those people that continue in this industry, that they would, you know, soon have their eyes open and realize that what they're doing is just totally wrong. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have to approach all these people with love, be praying for them, and um, not judge. We don't know the circumstances. You know, there's a number of things just kind of rattling through my brain here. Like yesterday was 9-11, obviously, and we had, you know, memorials there about uh, the, the innocent people who, who were killed. Um, I'm thinking, I think it's September 24th, I believe, we'll start 40 Days for Life, again, in the di- at least in the Diocese of Fargo. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Bismarck is with us on that. And the other listening area, I think they're, they're doing efforts as well. Um, you know, to, again, it's kind of that time to gear up for that That again. But I'm also thinking, like, right now, today, as we're, we're talking, it's we're in the octave before the... the you know the seven sorrows of Mary before, so today would be the the fourth sorrow where um, Christ meets his mother, 
on, on the way of the cross, you know, and, and there's this thing about where it, it's not natural for, for the child to die before the parent, uh, kind of a thing. Right. And, it, and, and it turns everything inside out just on the natural level. And, you know, we can, we've done so many studies and things about how, you know, abortion affects the mother, the father, even the grandparents, the siblings, uh, kind of a thing. And, um, it, yeah, it's it just there, there's this deeper, darker spirit behind all that, which is the destruction of the human person. And, um, and oftentimes those, those of us who are in the pro-life effort and movement, you know, we'll, we kind of take it on the chin. Like we're, we're too radical or this or concerned about thing, or there's other issues in the world and which there are other issues in the world. But I, I think it's, this is one of those topics, this grave site here that just sheds light on th this deeper thing that there, there's a darkness out there and, and, Christ calls us, you know, to to be faithful in that battle, and that we need to open our eyes and our minds and realize that there there's a battle against life and against the human person. What what um, what do you have coming up? Go ahead, Deacon. I was just going to say at the dedication of that memorial, uh, we actually had there was actually demonstrators here, um, a group of people from uh, out west came and were, were had painted their faces dark and were wearing, wearing dark black robes, etc. So um, you're absolutely right. There is that, that that deep, dark side that is hard to combat. But uh, just keep, keep doing it. Keep fighting. Now, what, what do you have happening this Saturday uh, as a special service for this? Yes, okay. Uh, this Saturday is, is the... Uh, day of remembrance for unboarded for, for uh, aborted babies. Uh, it's a national program that started I think it was eight years ago. Uh, we've been a part of it every year. Uh, we have a special graveside service right at the site in at the uh, Calvary Cemetery. Um, have some prayers, uh, some reading scripture readings, uh, sing some songs, have a special message, and uh, you know to keep praying that. The, uh, that abortion will come to an end in this country. Um, and what I really enjoy about this program is that we have, it's an ecumenical service, so I have a couple other ministers in town participating in this particular service. They will do a Excellent. reading or uh, lead a song or, or something to that effect. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, everybody connects abortion with uh, uh, the uh, pro-life with the Catholics, well, there are lots of other denominations that are just as pro-life as Catholics are. Right. Now, this coming Saturday, that uh, start time is 11 a.m., correct, at Calvary Cemetery yeah. in Jamestown? Very good. Right, that's, that's correct. 11 a.m., and, and mm -hmm. if there is um, inclement weather, rainy weather, whatever, uh, we'll host the service in the Basilica itself. Very good. Now, I was also thinking, uh, Deacon Tom, of our shared heritage, you might say, uh, as uh, Napoleonites, um, uh, that we're talking about here both a corporal work of mercy of burying the dead and a spiritual work of mercy with uh, you know, praying for the 
repose of the souls of the of the faithful departed, praying for the deceased loved ones of ours. And I remember in the the city and country cemeteries the the fervency of so many of our people from that area with regard to uh, praying for the faithful departed, uh, remembering them with uh, mass intentions on their anniversaries of death, things like that. And you and you speak about how what you guys are doing is helping to you know rekindle and keep uh, active that uh, particular devotion of praying for those who have died well absolutely i think this is a, um, a, a very good aspect of this, this particular program um eric scheidler who started it um like i said i think it was eight years ago you know and very uh, i think a very powerful force in getting that information out to all of the, uh, the different communities and um, asking for uh, some kind of a prayer service, whether it's uh, something that we're doing or, or uh, uh, a vigil, whatever it might be. Um, right. Yes, yeah, so, um, it, it, our, our attendance has increased every year that we've done it, which has really been good and encouraging. And we hope for even more to be able to join you this year, as well as the similar ceremonies that will be happening in the two other locations in our diocese, in Fargo and in Grand Forks. Deacon Tom Geffrey, thank you very much for being with us, and blessings to you and your ministry. Thanks very much, and God bless everyone. Thank you. Well, coming up next, we'll be praying for your intentions during Prayerfully Yours. Also, if you have any questions on the Catholic faith, one 877 is the number to call. It's not too early to do that for the Straight Talk segment coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then later on in our second hour, it's time to celebrate 40 years of the permanent diaconate in the Fargo Diocese. Hear more about this wonderful celebration with Deacon Ken Vadova. We have uh, Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross joining you today from the Grand Forks studio. So all this and more right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. Coming your way September 18th, 19th, and 20th, the Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive. It's one of our major fundraising events of the year and our largest goal ever of $600,000. We'll need your help to get there. We have a huge lineup of inspiring hosts and guests sharing stories of how they found their way to the Catholic faith or strengthened their love for Jesus. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time and call in to 877-795-0122 to support Real Presence Radio. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. 
This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you today. Almost every day we receive prayer requests asking for prayers for those closest to us. That is really a privilege for us. We hold those needs close in prayer at Real Presence Radio among all of our staff and hosts and uh, all of those who are listening. So we wanted to have a way to share some of those with all of those who are going about their business today so that they may unite with us in prayer. And we invite you to join in a prayer specifically for these intentions. And here are the intentions that we have for today. Please pray we are asked for the healings for two sons with chronic health problems and for healings in spiritual and emotional areas also. Jesus, we are mindful of how many times in the Gospels, when you came to various towns, people who had loved ones with any sort of illness, any sort of infirmity, uh, placed their trust in you uh, to lay your hands upon them so that they may receive whatever healing you and your wisdom wish to give to them. And we know that that same grace is available through the body of Christ, your church. Um, So we ask for healing in accord with your divine will for these two sons in whatever areas they uh, needed most and for all of those who are finding themselves burdened by spiritual and emotional wounds um, and who are suffering from those pains. Uh, Send your Holy Spirit to uh, cover those wounds with uh, the precious blood of Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. We're also asked to pray for retirement and restoration in my spouse and my life for the healing of anxiety and its effects heavenly father so we we lift up to you right now all of those who are called the vocation of marriage and the very stages of marriage and preparation entering into marriage those who are newly married those who've been married for a number of years those who are facing the end of life issues even retirement end of life health issues within the context of marriage Heavenly Father, stir up now your Holy Spirit through that, the grace of the sacrament. May husbands and wives seek the grace of their sacrament, and they allow the Divine Spirit to come in to touch them and heal them, help them to communicate, to be one together in Christ Jesus. We pray especially for those now who are dealing with the issues of uh, retirement, transition in life, those who are needing of renewal within their own hearts, their minds, and the vocation of marriage, that they could be there for one another, walking with one another, and that Christ would reveal himself through their struggles. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our next request of a prayer intention is for Joe, who is fighting cancer, that God may be with her every step of the way. We are mindful of so many people in our communities, among our families, who have been diagnosed with some form of cancer. Uh, Particularly, our hearts go out to uh, the cases of juveniles um, and also young people, perhaps with um, uh, children still at home who are facing these battles. Uh, We ask for the intercession of St. Peregrine to uh, work effectively in their lives that uh, healing may be brought to them, but most importantly, that they may be open to that ongoing conversion of heart in order to see that uh, they have been called to share in a particular way in the Lord's cross 
and know that they are never, uh, that they will never be forsaken in the midst of that suffering. So we lift all of these people up as well as their caregivers and the health professionals who are assisting and counseling them. We ask for these gifts of healing through Christ our Lord. Amen. And then, Heavenly Father, now we we prepare our hearts and our minds. We prepare our diocese, diocese of Bismarck, surrounding areas for the 40 Days of Life campaign, which will be kicking off in uh, September 24th. We, we, we pray in advance. We, we fight the battle in advance for this great campaign. Heavenly Father, we ask you, send your Holy Spirit, Lord and giver of life, into the hearts, the minds, the imaginations, the memories of all human beings, that we would be transformed from the inside out, to come to appreciate the gift of life, to respect the gift of life, to desire to defend life at all stages. Heavenly Father, we, we pray for those who are called to be warriors through silent prayer, through witness, through sidewalk counseling, through just their physical presence and witness publicly um, for this gift of life. And then, Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit and shine down upon those centers of death, um, that, they would, that they would be closed, that they would come to an end, that that, that, that spirit of abortion and putting babies to death would, would end in our hearts, our minds, our imaginations. Every one of us would be converted at that point to desire life and the gift of life. We pray for all those who are in troubled pregnancies, those who are in difficult situations. We pray for the mothers. We pray for the fathers. We pray for all those in the healthcare professions um, that they would use their gifts and skills for good and for the defense of life. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The culture of death is strong, but with Christ at our side, we are stronger. So thanks to all of you for taking the time to pray with us for these RPR family members and their needs. If you have a specific intention you would like prayed for, you can visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and submit it under prayer requests at the top of the page. And you can also see the other requests that are being left there. You can also submit an intention on our app. Simply click on prayer requests on the main screen. We're going to step aside for a quick break and return with our Straight Talk segment, one 795 Please call in. We look forward to visiting with you after this. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Coming your way September 18th, 19th, and 20th, the Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive. It's one of our major fundraising events of the year and our largest goal ever of $600,000. We'll need your help to get there. We have a huge lineup of inspiring hosts and guests sharing stories of how they found their way to the Catholic faith or strengthened their love for Jesus. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time and call in to 877-795-0122 to support Real Presence Radio. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor. And each week, we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. 
Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you. In just a couple of minutes, we'll launch into our Straight Talk segment, which we do at this time of uh, day on every Real Presence Live program. one 795 is the number. We really enjoy being able to visit with you directly and to uh, field your questions. If you wish to uh, also leave a question on our Facebook uh, page, uh, you're welcome to do that as well. Now, one of the things... okay. We're, we're kind of interested if people have um, devotional practices that they feel strong about that they would like to share. They, they think that, hey, this has been so powerful in my life and they'd want to share with other listeners. Give us a call today. Let us know about those. We, we love to promote those kind of things. Um, also, if, if you've had a recent experience, like just a powerful sacramental encounter, um, either through the word, uh, through church, through, through worship, through fellowship, uh, any kind of inspiring thing that's touched your life, give, give us a call today and share. It's a, it's a gloomy, dark day out, outside. So let's, let's lighten it with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit breaking through the darkness. Amen, and, brother. So if anybody has any witnesses that they want to call and share, just, just moments of grace that could inspire yeah. all the listeners. And, and picture call. people who are listening along thinking, man, I have a story very much like that, and I didn't realize that somebody else had a similar sort of experience. So you can really lighten someone else's day that you wouldn't even expect by sharing that story with us. So that number is 877-795-0122. Now, to go from the profound to the mundane, but this is so important to you and I, Father Oh, it's Gross. more than we, mundane, yes. We have got to talk about the essential things in life, right? Absolutely. This is, this is, so you and I, we go, both of us, passionately, we go back to the glory days when uh, University of North Dakota, notice I mentioned them first, and the <laughs> North Dakota State University, the, 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 the in our days, the, the fighting Sioux and the bison. When in Division we, two, the North Central Conference. We grew up on this, right? Very passionate and so forth. Absolutely. And, and, and so forth. And and um, my my original alma mater was uh, UND, and then seminary was down in Fargo, and so I graduated from both schools. So I can claim it whenever it's it's convenient. Mm-hmm. But um, just recently, well, well, the history on this was every year that game, the football game happened between these two schools, and it affected the whole state of North Dakota, yeah. surrounding region. And then, uh, um, and then it was vacant for a number of years. Right. And it's being re- resumed now. And we'll talk just after this uh, after this moment more about that. And we are beginning our Straight Talk segment where we can open up all sorts of topics, really, as you're about to find out. <laughs> so 877-795-0122 is the number to call if you have any questions about the faith uh, for Father Leffer or me. And uh, as a tag team, we can conveniently, outside of the uh, uh, sight of our listeners, decide who's going to launch in first and answering <laughs> a given question. But uh, it's sort of an inside baseball thing. But yes, the, the UND-NDSU football rivalry is rekindled now that both schools not only are in the Division One FCS bracket, but are going to be in the same conference. And the Missouri Valley Football Conference is going to make a priority of scheduling both teams. Teams, uh, to play pretty much every year, but back uh, uh, the nickel trophy is something that a lot of people remember, as with the um, uh, the Fighting Sioux logo on one side and then the Bison on the other as uh, the trophy to play for. One of my enduring memories, I guess, growing up, both schools had these very quaint sort of outdoor stadiums yes. with the paper thin astro turf on top of concrete, <laughs> yes. and they would play during the end of the year, and usually there had 
been a snowfall by then. It was quite cold. It was pretty frigid. And I just imagine how painful it must have been for those players when they were being tackled and slammed onto that turf. It was very unforgiving. Now they've got, you know, the field turf and the climate-controlled conditions, you know. These kids don't know what it was like. Right? <laughs> Literally, I was working, I was at college, I was working retail that time, and all the all the Sioux players were coming into the retail store and buying anything, because the next day was going to be like 30 below wind chill when that particular game was held that day. And, uh, oh, man, so talk about it. Or even think about the fans sitting in those stands. Yes. The, the smell of hot chocolate and peppermint schnapps filled the air. It was just <laughs> everywhere, and people were huddled. But you wouldn't miss it. You wouldn't miss it for anything. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was just kind of this passionate thing that all North Dakotans could relate to. Right. And there are a lot of other rivalries just like that throughout our listening area. We have to think about the Jackrabbits and the Coyotes as well as, uh, you know, various other schools in Minnesota. There, there's something nostalgic, I think, for a lot of us with regard to those kinds of rivalries because the North Central Conference back in the Division Two days had a large majority of teams within a relatively easy driving distance right. from one another. And, and so then we got passionate. And, and so here, this one's very passionate, but even... I mean, you just think about the other schools along I-94 or wherever we, I mean, right. or I-29 corridor. You just yeah, yeah. One, you know, once in a while, let's say, you know, Mankato or St. Cloud were really tough, and it was close enough where you could, you know, make that trip fairly reason- reasonably. There was one school that was kind of an outlier, Northern Colorado, in Greeley, Colorado. And even if they had just a stink-on-ice football team, it seemed like it was always a hard thing to win out there because it was such a long trip and it was just... Now for a, me that was a family affair because I had two uncles and their families were living down there so we always had this battle back and forth. No kidding, yeah, okay. Like, anyway, so we're Father Gross and I are just going down a little memory lane here and we're hoping that that rivalry comes back again in the sense of just mm-hmm. the what it, what it does for identity and pride and bragging rights and all that. So Father Gross, I bow down to you. Your, your bison defeated the, 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 the um, fighting are, hawks here the, recently. Yes, they are on quite a role. It's it's going to be something to see. I think uh, even though they might not have admitted it to you personally, so a lot of Bison fans were a little apprehensive because of all of the turnover that was happening. Okay, there's a brand new quarterback, there's a brand new coach, various things like that. You know, hope springs eternal, but we weren't sure what we were going to see. Well, those those hopes are swelling, so we'll see what the rest of the schedule brings. So for all of you listeners out there, we're in our Straight Talk segment 877-795-0122 and we're just, we're letting you know, that, hey, Father Gross and I are real, real people real men we have real passions and and, and things and letting you on the inner life of a, of a couple once, of once in a while Catholics. we stray outside of the uh, doors of the church right okay so here now one of the things we want to bring up was devotional life like yes. today this is something that and it's it you know those devotions those sacramentals are meant to lead you to the sacraments and there this is the the circumstances of life the environment the surrounding this is so important to have a catholic culture and thing so father gross for you what what are some devotions that are just very important to you that have been key in your life that you really want to share or promote with somebody because it's been important to you? Well, a big part of this uh, recently for me and my priesthood is when I discovered a website, and uh, forget, I should have looked it up, uh, but the, the domain, it's either going to be a .com or .org if you just do on a search engine, Pray More Novenas. Um, pray nor, PrayMoreNovenas.com. There's a, a husband and wife couple. I really don't know a lot of their background story, but throughout the year, there are various novenas that they invite people who subscribe to join with them in praying, and they provide in your email inbox when you sign 
up. Uh, prayer every single day of that various novena. Um, Our Lady Untire of Knots is one of those, especially with regard to the history of that devotion and the intercession for saving a marriage that was in distress. So that's a big one for me. Um, you know, the, the novena to St. Monica was one that was recently, you know, with regard to thinking of adult children who have strayed from the practice of the faith. So that is a means for me personally to be able to engage in more of these devotions so that uh, I'm not uh, losing track of them. The uh, okay here here's here's one that reaches across um, even de- denominational lines. So just recently, last week, as a matter of fact, I had this deep discussion with Protestants about the powerful uh, of Saint Anthony. Okay, Tony, Tony, look around. Something's lost, can't be found. Mm-hmm. And and then and they were telling me all these stories about how they heard about this and they they take advantage of Saint Anthony, even though they're not Catholic. You know, and there are these incredible stories about how they're finding things, the things yeah. were found that were lost. And then mm-hmm. I got to inform them. I said, now, are you aware of the fact when he helps you, you're supposed to give bread to the poor, you're supposed to help out the hungry? And like, they didn't know that part of it, but it's like, yeah, there's there's kind of an agreement there. Mm-hmm. That he had a heart for the poor and those in yeah. need. And so there's a devotion that encourages those corporal and spiritual right. works of mercy. We should probably back up just a little bit by talking about the whole idea of the novena. We recognize there are a lot of listeners who may be coming across our uh, station who aren't familiar with some of the lingo that we tend to throw out. Uh, tradition holds that the time frame between the ascension of our Lord Jesus into heaven and the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was from the 40th day to the 50th day after the resurrection of our Lord from the dead. And so there was a nine-day period of prayer and reflection and preparation for our Blessed Mother and and the Apostles, during which they selected Matthias, for example, to take the place of Judas Iscariot, until the promised Holy Spirit should come. So whenever we enter into a novena from the Latin word for nine, it is a nine-day period of prayer for a particular need or devotion. And and so like in that number nine, then it could be nine days nine hours nine prayers nine whatever like here's mother Teresa, saint mother saint Teresa of calcutta she she lived by divine providence which means that she had no there's no guarantee that anybody's going to feed her clothe or give her shelter any of this so she literally every day she and her sisters were appealing to the heavenly father to provide for them whenever she had a need she would do what's called an express novena so a quick nine prayer she would take the prayer of the Memorari, which St. Bernard of Clairvaux gave us back in the 1200s, this powerful prayer. She would say, say nine, nine, remember most gracious Virgin Mary prayers. And then she immediately said a 10th one, thanking God the Father for providing for her the thing that she'd asked for, which she hadn't, can't see yet. But she had this faith. And she was always provided for mm-hmm. and so that to me that's one of those and oftentimes when i i hear an impossible situation or something immediate need like a real i'll i'll do an express novena and and it seems somehow there's this incredible comfort that comes or yeah. or, or something there that um so that's that's one of my tiny little yeah. favorite ones too Th- think also of the example of mother angelica as the ewtn uh, apostolate was just starting and how there were many times where she and her fellow sisters said we know that there's a big bill that needs paying and we have no idea how this is going to happen so those devotions as well were were really a part of her witness and her story about how they were relying on divine providence and uh, weren't so conceited as to say well you know it's all about us and, and our talents but uh, through that humility of prayer they were relying upon the generosity that others would 
would provide. And again, not to a reminder of the phone call phone number here, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. A call with your inspiring stories, your questions, comments this morning for Father Gross and myself. You know, not not to give people the idea that somehow this is like Catholic voodoo or superstition, right? Or magic. Like a magical thing. Okay, but what I want to emphasize what these devotions do. They establish relationship. They establish relationship with friends, supernatural friends, saints who have made it in heaven, good friends who are interested in, in, in your well-being in the body of Christ, for mm-hmm. Christ to draw you to God the Father, to eternal glory, right. to show you how God the Father is interested in breaking through in this day and age and this time with his life that he's real, he exists, he cares about us. So kind of no different than you or I, If, like right now, if, if I was to turn to you and say, gosh, Father Gross, I'm really struggling here with this. Could you help me with uh, financial assistance or could you give me a ride or could you pray for me? Could you, you being the good friend that you are, you absolutely Father Leffer, here, let me help you, however that would work mm-hmm. out. Same thing in the in the spiritual things. It's, it's really about this relationship of the one body of Christ, that we're right. all members of that one body. And think also about that that whole gesture of asking for what we need. It's not as though we are forcing God's hand or trying to manipulate him into doing something he otherwise doesn't want to do. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, uh, Amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on anything on earth about which you are to pray, it shall be granted to you by my heavenly Father. So time and again in the Gospels, Jesus is saying, you know, you may not know what you're going to receive, but for heaven's sake, please ask, because you have a provident father who longs to give what you need. Okay, so you have triggered in me just that whole, and this and we're in Luke's gospel here and these different examples of, so when, you know, pray always or pray, you know, and he always gives that example of, I tell you, when you pray, pray like this this, un, this widow with the unjust judge. Right. And I love that so they translate it as the judge says, well, I better decide for her favor or she might do violence to me. But literally it says she might give me a black eye. And that's I, so I always tell people, you know, when they're getting frustrated that like God's not hearing or not responding, I said, well, have you prayed yet to the point where, you, you know, to the point where you, God might fear you giving him a black eye? Have you prayed that determined for, mm-hmm. for the thing? In other words, it, it, it's usually that God's after something in our own hearts at those moments. Like there has to be a breakthrough or something. And, yeah. and again, these, these little devotional practices or what have you, they... They do that. They they expand our hearts, you might say, because we're we're inclined sometimes to think that people are as unresponsive that God may be as unresponsive to us as others may be, whether the corrupt judge in chapter eighteen of Luke or you know, other sorts of examples. And Jesus time and again is saying, No, don't transfer that, you know, pessimism onto God. Allow God to speak his words to you. So no, to think think like Catholics with the mind of the church and so forth, the calendar, which is always, I, I just, I can never get enough of this. So watch how this all works. So Sunday, we didn't know about this because it was Sunday. It takes precedence, but it was the the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? right. So it was her birthday. We celebrate because December 8th, the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. nine months later, September 8th, her birthday. That's, that's how we do these things, right? And then, so just like Jesus, he was born on the 25th of December, and then his name day comes afterwards, and it, it aligns up with kind of the Jewish idea of circumcision and naming the day. octave, right? So today would be the holy name of Mary, where, where the Blessed Virgin Mary receives her name from God, which is Mary or Mara. Don't don't call me Naomi, that's beautiful, but Mara from the book of, book of Ruth, there where she loses her her husband, her two sons, and so forth. And then, so Mary takes on in her name the, the struggle of humanity, the sorrow, and she herself losing her son. 
that all happens within the context of the the octave of Our Lady of Sorrows, mm-hmm. which is going to be Saturday. The reason it's Our Lady of Sorrows on Saturday is the day before the fourteenth is the Holy Exaltation of the Holy Cross, mm-hmm. and and so the sorrow of Christ one day, the sorrow of Mary the next, and then we get between now and then is the seven sorrows of Mary, and so. Um, so three days ago, it was the it was the prophecy of Simeon: a sword shall pierce your your holy soul. Right uh, then, it was the flight into Egypt, which you think about all the sorrow there. Then it was losing the Christ child in in the temple. Right today is the it's Jesus encounters his mother on on the way of the cross, and then uh, tomorrow it's it's going to be the, the the death on the cross. Then that's followed by the piercing of his heart. And then Mary receives the body of her deceased son, where, where we say she has the faith of Abraham at that point, mm-hmm. faith that God's going to raise him from the dead. Right. Um, that uh, the seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin Mary are also referred to as the seven dolors uh, from the Latin word for sorrow, and the name Dolores, you know, is derived from that. So if you've seen, as we have, for example, at Fort Totten in our uh, diocese or in Albany, Minnesota, outside of St. Cloud, various other places where a parish is named seven dolors, that's the reference that we're making there. So we have a question that's been submitted here, um, not on the phone, but a listener brought this question in. It can be easy to look at the church and focus on the negative things happening. Boy, howdy. But yes. can you speak to the beauty of being a priest in our church today? Absolutely. You know, it, it's just like, okay, so we were sharing, Father Gross and I were talking before we went on air, like yesterday was kind of a, yesterday leading into this morning was kind of a rough little thing, little patch where faith formations going on, it got to be a long night, ended up getting a call that I wasn't expecting. It took me until almost one in the morning. I had to sleep fast this morning, get up early, had mass with the folks this morning, drove into the studio who are feeling a little bit tired. It's a gloomy day. There's a lot of things out there that reasons and even heaviness in the church right now that would you can feel that pressure coming down and saying oh just just give in give in to the negativity give in to the darkness and yet there I was this morning with I, I looked I couldn't believe it that 6 a.m. here these people are at mass I just couldn't I, I just and they were tired too and and the gospel was proclaimed about the love of God the Father for us and this impossible gospel it was demanding it was demanding love your enemies you know love and and then this this moment of grace just breaks through. This light shines in and say, Father Leffer, you can't do this. This is impossible. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can do it. And he can do it in you if you give him permission. I'm asking you, give this good news to my children. Right? And, and so that good news goes out. And we, we all received a little a little drop, a little drip. And then I And I just had this vision at Mass this morning of... Each one of us being a font of the Holy Spirit pouring out, being a light in the darkness or the salt of the earth in our little tiny, little tiny ways as we went, like those glowing embers of the field, right, that go go out. Well, Father Gross, who who else had that privilege this morning, you know, to, to be a priest and go there when we're all tired, exhausted, or kind of grumpy on a great day, and yet the light of Christ breaking through because my life gives me the privilege to offer the sacrifice of the mass for the people to hear their confessions in the midst of that and how can you not just want to do backflips for joy mm-hmm. to be the God's instrument in those moments. Yep, to be a conduit to so many uh, holy things. And it's not about um, the way the world of business might look at it and say, well, you know, what are the, the results, you know, the, the the numbers of people or various things like that. But our um, investment of ourselves and, and, and allowing the Lord to take that and bless it. 
And I'll give another great example. Okay, I'm going to pick on one of my faith formation uh, kids, Lily. She She's just such an inspiration. But So last night we did this family event where we to kick off the year we did Chronicles of Narnia. We, we got the theater in town and everybody came. It was a great event. And and I'd seen the Chronicles of uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, probably a hundred times. I don't know. It's a great show, but there in that context, there it was Lily who started the grace. She turns to me and she says, oh, "He betrayed, betrayed him just like Jesus three times." Oh, there, there's Saint Peter. Just oh, that's Peter, as in like Saint Peter. Oh, there's the women at the tomb, just like. Oh, there's the river like baptism there's the women at the at the at the tomb just like mary magdalene and she here's this high school student making all these connections with the gospel in this the secular event and it just what happened was the grace hit me and just broke me open i stood there and i was literally the gospel was coming alive on this screen in this secular manner okay Mm -hmm. so there's an example of priest faith uh, a child that you you happen to have the privilege of doing whatever you can she herself receiving that and turning that into something so beautiful that gives back that grows the body of christ in, in the midst of the movie theater you right know? times that you may not even be anticipating there it comes and it and it hits you wonderful so that's what the life of a priest is like thank you very much for sharing that father leffer we have a listener qu- a question uh well actually let's go to uh, sheila who is on the phone with us from warsaw welcome to real presence live thank you and there is a devotion that you want uh, to share with us about today. The devotion that has struck me and it seems to be coming around in many different areas back to us and others is the Surrender Novena. Um, the Surrender Novena was inter- introduced to our family through our daughter, Sister Miriam, from the Poor Clares, and they received it from the Poor Clares in Canada. But the Surrender Novena was from Father Don Delindo Lucholo, and it seems to, I, I've gotten it in Christmas cards, I've gotten it, I've heard it in homilies, it seems to be rekindled um, a lot from Pope Francis, I guess, is trying to bring this back when I don't know for sure on that, but that's what I've heard. And I just uh, received another one from somebody that just went across um, the ocean, and they brought it back in from there and I just thought this is such a beautiful nine day novena of asking Jesus a little devotion prayer and then it says oh Jesus I surrender myself to you take care of everything you say that ten times and and then at the end of it of that part you say prayers to the blessed Virgin Mary mother I am yours now and forever through you and with you I always want to belong completely to Jesus. And I just wanted to share that one. Another part of that that I do, I found from a retreat I had been on, is um, this retreat master says he devotes uh, one station of the cross every day he thinks about. And he said, if I get goofed up on which day I'm on, I just look at the number of the day, like today is the 12th, and there's nine days in a novena, just attract the nine and go to day three and just concentrate on that. So if you pick up the surrender novena and I missed it and I don't remember where I was, I'll do that. Okay, day three, what's, what's the message for today? Um, Excellent. So that, thank, 
Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for sharing those uh, suggestions and ideas, uh, uh, Sheila. We uh, both Father Leffer and I have come to know your family and especially Sister Miriam. Please greet her for us when you speak Absolutely. to her next. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's praying for you every day. She loves to hear prayer requests and thank pray goodness. for them and all the other sisters. What a great reminder. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sheila, and have a wonderful day. And uh, Jeff has mentioned to us on Facebook, thank you for that express novena. I'm going to use that. So thank you very much, Father Leffer, for sharing that as well. There is another listener, um, and uh, we'll give the number one more time here. We have a few minutes left in our Straight Talk segment, 877-795-0122. Uh, that's 877-795-0122. And the question, Father Leffer, for us is, where does the doxology after the Our Father come from. Some Protestant friends have asked me why we don't pray that when we pray the Our Father outside of Mass, and they thought it was scriptural, but I didn't see it after the Our Father in either scripture location. So the, uh, you know, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, etc. Forever right. and ever. <clears throat> so so the, the, the doxology literally means the, the the study of the thing that follows, you know, doxology. It so the doxology. It's it's a it's a thing that get from the Jews. It comes from the Jews. Actually, it gets tacked on. It's something that you add on to the end of a prayer. Every time you'd say a prayer, you you attack this thing on there. So, kind of like as Catholics, we kind of get in the habit of maybe saying a glory be at the end of any prayer time or something. Or mm-hmm. or we we tack on amen after every time we say a prayer, which means right. I agree with it. So that you could say the amen is like a doxology. So. Liturgy, literally a doxology means the thing that you tack on the end of the prayer. So if you're a faithful Jew, any prayer that you said, it ended with basically with that doxology. For the thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. So the reason when you look in, into scripture and you, and you look up the Our Father, both I think it's Luke's and Matthew's gospel, and you look there and you don't actually see that ending, um, you know, well, wait a minute, where did this come from? Why do we say this? Well, tradition. It's been handed on down by tradition. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the ironic thing. And this when I say ironic, I mean funny, funny, ironic thing. So after the, the, the Protestant uh, Reformation there, there was this tension between Catholics and Protestants. And we did different things to kind of, you know, prove that I'm Catholic or I'm Protestant. Distinctions. Distinctions. Like, one is the, having a corpus on the cross or not. That was a mm-hmm. kind of distinction that happened. One of those things that happened was the, the Catholic, so the Protestants got in the habit of re- reciting the doxology whenever they would speak the Our Father as, a, as kind of a signal that, you know, they're Protestant, not Catholic. Mm-hmm. The Catholics, on the other hand, got in the habit of saying the Our Father and not saying the doxology as a distinction that they're Catholic and not Protestant. Now, why I say that's ironic or funny, um, Protestants generally identify themselves as being very scripture-based and scripture-only, and yet they're doing the traditional thing. And yeah. we as Catholics, who sometimes are pretty ignorant We're the literalists. We're the literalists. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and we're the ones who are, who, who are doing the scriptural thing and not the... So it's kind of funny how that gets played out. Mm-hmm. And so then when you're doing ecumenical things or just with your friends who are Catholic and Protestant mixed, there's always this kind of awkward little right. pause. And, and how many, over our 20 years of priesthood, how many funerals or weddings have we been a part of, officiated at, where at the end we hear in the diverse congregation, there are a few verses, a few voices say for thine oh. <laughs> and then okay, they cut well, themselves okay, off then here's know? a great thought so i have this ecumenical bible study wednesday mornings and there's always we take turns of you know who's going to pray today and then it's always if it's a catholic you know you feel that pressure um do i make the sign of the cross or not 
and because if the, the Protestant's not going to, do, do is that an insult to them? And I always find people want you to be authentic to your own faith tradition. Just like at the end, maybe we end with an Our Father. When the, when the Protestants pray, then I say the doxology with them. And, and when I do, I, I generally end it without it, and they, they generally respect that. So it's it's kind of getting used to one another, our, our faith traditions that mm-hmm. we're, we're used you to. Know, and, interestingly, I'm thinking of an uncle of mine who's a staunch Lutheran who said that uh, in his uh, in his church, the, the pastor recently has gotten to making the sign of the cross at the beginning and the end of you know their worship services, and he's sort of jokingly saying, he's turning us into Catholics. What's going well, on? You know, here's <laughs> another thing, because I, I have a lot of friends who are Protestant ministers, and, and I've noticed a number of my Lutheran Protestant minister friends, they're starting to bring the corpus back on the cross in their in their worship space. They're starting to bring incense back. They're starting to do these things. I, it, anyway, I find that fascinating or interesting, yeah. and and they're very at home with it. And they're like, well, yeah, this is part of our Christian tradition. I'm like, you're right. It is right. And, and, and the radicality of what happened in the, uh, you know, the radical reformation where there was just a stripping of so many things that interact with the senses. I think a lot of people nowadays are saying, yeah, that that's really not serving us well. Yeah. Right. It, it's just that barrenness. In because the I mean, let's be honest across in, in our human secularism across the world. It isn't, it isn't just the Catholic church, but a lot of mainline Protestant churches, attendance numbers, everything is going down. And at the heart of it is an identity issue. You know, we, these things, the devotionals we're talking about are these kind of things, they give us our identity. And if we, and if we wash those things away, we end up not knowing who we are. There's no distinction. So, well, Mm -hmm. well, why be Catholic? Why go to worship? Why? When it comes to art and environment in Catholic churches, there's much more in vogue nowadays as restoration with regard to what's being done, you know, in the walls and the ceiling and all the rest of it, rather than renovation. Because I think for a lot of modern people, the word renovation strikes our ears as you're removing and streamlining and things like that, whereas restoration is an attempt to, uh, you know, to to reintroduce certain aspects of beauty of the space that hadn't been there recently. And, and you're making me think of this, it was the resourcement movement after that resourcement, like go, going back to the sources, going back to the original and the church fathers. And so, and bringing, bring all that back alive into, into our faith and understanding, like where did all these things come from? What were they about? And right. the, the question earlier about what do you love about being Catholic priest? What I love is discovering all these things you, you can't come to an end of it the, the the deeper you dig the more beautiful it gets you know and mm-hmm. every single thing that's in our faith if you say well why and you start searching you discover this plethora of meaning and understanding it's usually a little thing that goes to something bigger greater or grander right. you know you've got the, the the spanish art masters or the dutch or you know various other things like that and these are distinct expressions you might say technically speaking but they are all part of the one under the one umbrella the german russian Church. iron rot crosses in the cemeteries that our most a, our most distinctive art form and folk it's art gorgeous form. it's beautiful and stands the test of time absolutely yeah, and something that uh, is not just contrived, you know, for its own sake, but it is an expression of, you know, that that deep faith welling in, welling up from within the hearts of people that goes back to many, many generations. Yeah. 
So we are coming to the end of our uh, Straight Talk segment. I want to uh, say thank you to all of those who uh, called in or wrote in with their questions. Just remember that this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday. And, uh, you know, so let's continue to think about some of those uh, devotions that we can enter into. And it doesn't just happen automatically, right, Father? We need to have a deliberate um, uh, kind of a process, you might say, in order to in order to determine what am I going to subtract, what things are extraneous or not necessary in my routine that I can put this in in its place rather than to have them all just kind of pushed out in the perimeter. You know, once again, Father Gross, you and I have demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt we can go from the mundane to the profound in three microseconds. We are extremely talented at this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see how uh, we'll see how profound we get in the next hour, right? Uh, so, coming up in that next hour, where we are halfway through today's show, hear more about the Fargo Diocese celebrating 40 years of the permanent diaconate. Deacon Ken Vadova will be joining us later on in the show. Buckle up for the fun events for the whole family in our 10-minute tour. We're coming to you today from our studios in the Grand Cities, uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Father James Gross and Father Jason Luffer joining you. Stay tuned. More Real Presence Live coming up. Thank you. 